The Islanders just play sloppy hockey and give away a game to the Rangers. We have our key takeaways plus a full preview of the final game before the holiday break tonight against the Panthers. All that and more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sart tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Friday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Gil Martin, so glad you could be with us today and be part of the Locked On Islanders family. And thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Lots to discuss, including a very sloppy and disappointing performance last night against the New York Rangers. But first, if there's something Islanders related on your mind, if you've got a question for us, a comment about something we've discussed, or maybe something you'd like us to talk about on a future episode, feel free to send us an email, the email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we are happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles. And you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news notes and happenings. And I am live tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game. So make sure you you follow along. And always great to interact with Islanders fans, game time or any time. And, and I'll try to offer you some instant insight and analysis during the game. All right, let's cut to the chase. A frustrating, disappointing 5-3 to three loss to the New York Rangers at Madison Square Garden Thursday night. Isles led 1-0, 2-1, 3-2, had that 3-2 lead entering the third period, and then watched it all fall apart. Three goals in the third period for the Rangers, but the the real frustrating one uh, aspect of this game is that the Islanders simply played too sloppy to win this game. Six Penalties taken by the Islanders, many of them lazy or foolish. I mean, two delay of game penalties, one by Noah Dobson, one by Alexander Romanov. Romanov also called for hooking, Mayfield for holding, Lee for slashing. These were not necessary penalties. It wasn't like uh, you were giving up a quality scoring chance and you had to take someone down. No. Nothing like that. I mean, I think about the delay a game penalty by Dauber. 
Dobson had time. He had space. He could have done a lot of different things with the puck, but he rushed it, cleared the puck over the glass, gave up a five-on-three, and the result was the only official power play goal by the Rangers, which was scored by Artemi Panarin. But then the game-winning goal scored in the third period came officially six seconds after the Scott Mayfield cross-checking penalty ended, but the puck was in the zone. It wasn't officially a power play goal, but it was caused by the fact that the Islanders were in their own zone, basically desperately trying to clear the puck out, and they just couldn't do it, and the result is the goal. You can't give a talented team like the New York Rangers, with your Panarins and your Criders and your Zabinijads and your Trocheks and your uh, and and your Foxes, you can't give a team like that six opportunities with the extra attacker. You give those players extra time and extra space. You are going to have problems. And the Islanders did exactly that. Highlight of the game, to me, by far, the goal by Matthew Barzal on the breakaway. Bailey forced the turnover. Barzi turned on the Jets, and he was gone. Islanders were up 2-1 to one early in the second period at that point. And that really was uh, a, a, a pretty, pretty uh, goal. And it's something that we want to see more from Matthew Barzal. But I'm going to go to uh, one other factor in this game. And it may not be easily evident in the box score. But the Islanders really, really miss Adam Pellick. And it showed a lot in this game. Because... If you have Sebastian Ajo in the lineup, that's okay. If you have Robin Salo in the lineup, that's okay. But to have both of them in the lineup at the same time, that's two defensemen who are below average to a little worse than that defensively in their own zone. And when you're a defense-first team like the Islanders are, and you have two defensemen who you're trying to sort of cover up for and who are subpar defensively, you are asking too much of your other defensemen. And realistically, this game was particularly rough for Sallow, but Sebastian Ajo, uh, again... Had a couple of bad moments defensively as well. Not getting your coverage, not getting the right, uh, picking up your man, coming back. And then the other thing is you're taxing players who are playing more minutes than you want them to. Look, Sallow, after he made uh, you know a couple of really blatant defensive mistakes, only played 7 minutes and 37 seconds of this game. So Scotty Mayfield and Sebastian Ajo were out there for more than 22 and a half minutes. You are overtaxing 
the guys who are usually your third defensive pair. And that just is, again, a recipe for disaster. So Adam Pellick definitely missed. That was blatantly obvious in this game. And realistically, you need a little more from your defensive core. You can't have both Salo and Aho out there in the same game. You could play either one of them and get away with it if you have, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> especially if you have both Pelic and Pulak out there. But having both Aho and Salo makes this team's strength more vulnerable. And, you know, it means that you're allowing too many quality scoring chances against Ilya Sorokin. The other thing that was unusual in this game, the Islanders just getting beat badly in the face-off circle. Casey Zizekas, who is normally very good uh, in the face-off dot, one win, seven losses against the Rangers in the face-off circle. J.G. Pajot only won 11 out of 23, which is close to 50%, but he's usually, you know, 58, 60% on your face-offs. The Rangers really dominating the dot in this game. Scott Mayfield, six hits. Uh, Matt Martin with five, but overall, just not a great effort. And, and this is, I think, another problem. No Islander had more than two blocked shots in this game. Usually, this team is a little bit better at sacrificing their body. They didn't do it. Let's, let's just say it straight out. The Islanders did not deserve to win this game because just as much as the Rangers won this game, the Islanders beat themselves, and that is a recipe for disaster. It's hard enough to win in the National Hockey League. You can't beat yourself in the process, so uh, hopefully the Islanders can bounce back tomorrow, but this this was really an embarrassing, embarrassing kind of performance by the Islanders, and they need to play better. You, you keep playing like this, they will not make the playoffs. Plain and simple. You can get Pellick back, that'll help. But you give, and we talked about it on the show yesterday, you give the Rangers too many chances on the power play, they will hurt you. And they did. And it was just enough. The two goals... You take away the empty netter, if you take away the two goals that the Rangers scored on the power play, Islanders win by a goal. You can't play that way and hope to win. All right, we have got more to discuss on today's show. We'll have some more thoughts coming about this game against the Rangers. We also will preview tonight's final game before the holiday break against the Florida Panthers. Hey, a home game. Islanders coming home. We'll talk about that and a lot more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by the NHTSA. I can tell you that driving high is considered driving under the influence. That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, even states where marijuana is legal. That means driving high could get you a DUI. And if you think law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high, you're wrong. Your friends can tell, your co-workers can tell, even your parents can tell. Everyone can tell. So what makes you think that law enforcement officers don't know when you're driving high? 
Driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you're not. Because the bottom line is, if you feel different, you drive different. And driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI. Paid for by the NHTSA. Thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Make sure to check out Locked On Sports today. The biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less, plus instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On's take of the day. Locked On Sports today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. So, I'm just frustrated. I'm really frustrated by the poor performance the Islanders have made. And it just seems like this team has reached a little bit of a lull lately. They're not hustling the way they normally hustle. They're not positionally sound the way they certainly were under Barry Trotz. And I appreciate Lane Lambert needing, needing to have the defensemen get more involved in the offense. That because of the fact that this team doesn't produce enough offense from their forwards, is a necessity. But now it's up to Lula Amarillo to get that forward who's going to tilt the, the scales a little bit and not make it so urgent for the defenseman to always be pinching in. What has happened to this team is that their strength, which was their team defense, their willing to, willingness to back check, their ability to get their bodies in between their goal and the players who are attacking from the other team, that's all been diminished a lot, and they're not playing with discipline, which is something they did under Barry Trotz consistently well, and it's why they made the two long playoff runs to the conference final in 2020 uh, uh, 2020 and 2021. If The Islanders cannot recapture that ability. They are going to be in big trouble this year. It's something that Lane Lambert is going to have to make sure he fixes like sooner rather than later because if you aren't playing to your strengths, you're not going to win a lot of hockey games. So let's talk a little more about tonight's game, the last game before the holiday break. Islanders, finally, their first home game since uh, the 15th of December. So, you know, eight days since they've been home. Florida Panthers coming in. Florida is struggling. There were a lot of changes on this roster. They won the President's Trophy last year, but they're 15-15-4. and They have an extra day's rest. They have lost three of their last four, including two in a row, losing to the Devils 4-2 on Wednesday and uh, losing 7-3 to the Bruins. Now, that's the two first, you know, two of the top three teams in the Eastern Conference. But, uh, you know, this is a team that is not playing at the high level that you would expect them to. They're still scoring. Eighth in the league in goals scored, but 22nd in goals against. And for a team with as much talent as the Panthers have on their roster, kind of surprising to see them 26th in the league on the power play. And their penalty killing also hurting them 21st in the league. 
76.6% uh, success rate. Sergei Bobrovsky is still the nominal starter. He's got 19 starts to 15 for backup Spencer Knight. But Bobrovsky, 7-10-1. Knight, 8-5-3. Knight has a better goals against average, 909 to 895. And a better, uh, I mean, save percentage and a better goals against average, 293. For Knight, 3.25 for Bobrovsky. Matthew Kachuk has been sensational. He leads the team with 25 assists and 39 points. Carter uh, Verhage has 17 goals to pace the team, followed by Kachuk with 14 and Sam Reinhart with 12. But rest assured, even though they're struggling right now, uh, this is a Florida Panthers team that is dangerous, and you don't want to mess around with them. They're also dealing with a lot of injuries. Anthony Duclair on IR, Patrick Hornqvist, Radko Gudis, also both of them on IR, Chris Tierney and Anton Lundell, and Alexander Barkov uh, have also missed recent uh, games. Barkov listed as day-to-day. But here's the lineup that the Panthers put out there in their most recent game. Sam Bennett centering the top line with Verhage to his left, Kachuk to his right. From left to right on the second line, E2, Loisarnanen, Anton Lundell, and Sam Reinhardt. Eric Stahl centers the third line with Ryan Lombard to his left, Nick Cousins to his right, and it's Zach Dalpe centering the fourth line. Grigori uh, Desenenko is his left wing, Colin White on the right side. On defense, Aaron Ekblad is in the lineup with Gustav Forsling. They are the top pair. Mark Stahl and Brandon Montour are the second pair, and Josh Mahara and Matt Kirstead are the third pair. We mentioned the goalies, Bobrovsky and Knight. I expect we'll see Knight, but with the extra day off and the break, uh, I get the feeling that they could go back to Bobrovsky because they're going to have five or six days off, Florida will, after this game. To me, uh, the big question is, what are the Islanders doing goal? Based on the fact that you're going to have three or four days off after this game? Do you go with Sorokin again? Or do you trust that Corey Schneider can give you one game and hope to catch sort of lightning in a bottle? Uh, It'll be interesting to see what Lane Lambert does. And I'm also interested in seeing what Lambert does on defense because they need something better than what they've gotten. Look, they can't have Pellick out there. He is clearly not the answer. So the question becomes, uh, I mean, he's injured. He's, he's not available. We know having both Salo and Aho out there is a problem. But are they going to call up someone from Bridgeport just for this game? Uh, do they hope for the best and stick with that duo again? All of these questions will be answered by the opening face-off tomorrow, and of course, we will keep you posted on all of that. More to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. We have our Islanders birthday of the day, a player who was only briefly, and I do mean briefly, an Islander, but then went on to a very lengthy and successful career after leaving the Isles. For what it's worth, he played for the Isles during the 96-97 season, So we're going back to the original Fisherman jersey days. We've got that 
and a whole lot more still to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day and Sunday, Christmas Day, is the 54th birthday of former Islanders center Jim Dowd. Dowd, uh, drafted by the Devils in the eighth round back in 1987, played four solid years at Lake Superior State, and then made his debut with the Devils in the 91-92 season, became a full-time NHLer in 93-94, was on the Devils' 1995 Stanley Cup winning team, and then was traded to Vancouver, joined the Islanders for the 96-97 season, but spent only three games with the Islanders, then went on to play for the Flames, the Oilers, the Wild, the Canadians, the Blackhawks, the Avalanche, the Devils, and the Flyers, For a guy who couldn't crack the 96-97 Islanders lineup consistently after the Islanders claimed him on waivers, he went on to play all the way through the 07-08 season, 728 career NHL games. He was a defensive forward, let's not kid ourselves, 71 goals, 239 points, 390 penalty minutes, played well in the postseason and played a lot in the postseason. 99 playoff games, 9 goals, 26 assists. So here's a guy in Jim Dowd who kind of raised his level of play in the playoffs. We're going to go back and look at one of Jim Dowd's games with the Islanders, October 5th, 1996 at the San Jose Arena. Home opener for the San Jose Sharks. Second game of the season back then. For the Islanders, again, wearing the Fisherman jerseys. And the Islanders get on the board first. Dan Plant, his first. Short-handed, as Todd Bertuzzi was in the box for the Islanders for holding the stick. Nicholas Anderson and Darius Kasparitis with the assists on the shorty. Islanders led 1-0 after one period. In the second, however, Brian Berard of the Isles called for elbowing Jeff Friesen. His first of the uh, of the year for the Sharks on the power play from Owen Nolan and Bernie Nichols. That one came at 2.54. We are even at one. But a little less than four minutes later, Derek King gives the Isles back the lead. Brian Berard and Ziggy Palfi with the helpers at 6.50. 2-1 Isles after two, but in the third, Bernie Nichols ties it for the Sharks. His first from Owen Nolan and Al Iafrady. This game ends... In a 2-2 tie for our Islanders' birthday of the day, Jim Dowd, well, he did not score, but he didn't score or pick up a point in any of his three games with the Islanders. He was even in this game and did not register a shot on goal. But Jim Dowd, a checking center who, despite struggling to make the Islanders, uh, ended up going on to a very respectable NHL career. He he was signed by the Islanders, uh, off, claimed him off waivers in the waiver draft, and then was let go as a free agent and signed with the Flames. So uh, Jim Dowd, Christmas Day is his birthday. He is our Islanders' birthday of the day. Speaking about the holidays, I, I did want to take this opportunity to just wish everybody uh, a very Merry Christmas this weekend and a very Happy Hanukkah and uh, Happy Kwanzaa to those celebrating. And just, you know, 
at this time of year just makes us all think about, you know, friends and family and, and, and sort of the important things in life. I want to thank everybody who watches and listens to this show. It is my pleasure and my honor to uh, bring this show to you every day. And, uh, you know, thank you so much for listening and allowing me to, to share my love of hockey and the Islanders with you every Monday through Friday. Want to wish everyone all the best this weekend for all the holidays and, and hope that the Islanders bounce back and give everybody a reason to cheer heading in to the holidays. Now, one other thing I wanted to ask, I had a, a listener uh, or viewer of the show ask about a possible live stream. We did do one at the trade deadline uh, last year. Uh, would you be interested in a live stream? Please either on Twitter or by email or in comments on YouTube. Let me know because I'll, I'm happy to set one up if enough people are interested. Always great to interact with fans. Uh, and I'm, I'd be happy to record a show live. I just need to know, uh, you know, when is a good time and, and, and how, to, how to set that up. You know, not how logistically, but just when the best time is to set that up. So again, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, and uh, enjoy this holiday weekend and stay warm. The cold weather is really coming in and, and, and we certainly have to be ready for that. Thanks again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen today. Now make Locked, Locked On Sports today your next listen. Peter Bukowski brings you the biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes. Get the analysis and opinions before anyone else with our local and national experts and insiders. Locked On Sports Today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. That does it for us. We'll be back Monday after the holiday to give you our key takeaways from the Islanders game against the Florida Panthers and a whole lot more. And hopefully we'll have some good news on the injury front as well. Have a great day, everybody. A great weekend, a great holiday. Stay safe. And of course... Let's go Islanders.